Welcome to the Confuffle Podcast, the only podcast where Joey is completely forgiving of my sins. Um, as you may or may not know, Joey's been teasing it in the Slack. I've been messing up the audio of this podcast going on a month now. Um, and I just want to take this opportunity to say thanks to Joey uh, for putting up with that. Uh, on a number of occasions, people have come on the pod and, and thanked me for uh, for doing the production. And I appreciate that. And I figured today's the day to uh, give Joey some shout. Um, he doesn't know that I'm doing this. Um, if he did, he would say I'm preempting him and, and threaten to cut off my balls. Uh, so I'm doing this without without telling him. It's also an opportunity for me to triple check the audio, make sure that we're not getting robot voice like we did last night. Uh, we literally recorded for 90 minutes last night. And then only after the fact, I found out that the audio was completely unusable. So we're doing it again tonight because we give you what you need. You, the people of our, our Kumfuffle people, you're, you're what is important and we're doing it. And, and extra shout out goes to Joey because he didn't mess up at all. So Joey, yeah, I'm a tyrant. Yeah, I preempted you. Suck it. Um, but this intro is for you. Uh, take it away, Justin. Hi everybody, welcome to the Kumfuffle Podcast, take two. The only podcast so nice, we record it twice. I'm Joey Elif with my co-host Tani Levitt. Tani, how are you doing today? Honestly, it's it's not the best week for me. I've been uh, pretty lackluster. After last night's recording debacle, I felt pretty bad about myself. Uh, you were on most of those texts. And then today... Are we going to tell the demographic about what happened? Oh, we most certainly are. That's the only way to make it uh, like comfortable and, and and what i'll say is we recorded for 90 minutes had a really good podcast and then when i went to edit it the whole thing sounded like we were... well you're acting like there's any alternative damn straight well when Every i episode was a banger. when i went when i went to uh edit it we all sounded like robots so here we are on thursday instead of wednesday wednesday doing it again this afternoon though i thought i was kind of like we sounded underwater more so than robots it was both it was brutal um, but this afternoon, I thought I was like over that 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 rut, and I like powered through a tough morning at work. Um, my uh, coworkers and I were having trouble getting this morning's episode out. If you're sensing a theme, and finally I finished at like twelve thirty. I went across the street to the grocery store to get a soda, and as I was walking to the uh, to the cash register, I spilled the soda all over myself. So it's it's been a bit of a rough day. Same, but that brings me. That brings me to an LCQ. Hit me. I too, I bought a soda from a vending machine today, and it was a uh, like you know how Cokes have the colleges on the back now. Yeah. So what college was on my Coke? LSU. Wrong. Alabama. Wrong, but you're in the right tier for number of football wins historically. Historically, Ohio State. No, but Michigan. you're in the right geographic region. Michigan, and now we're done. You're further away geographically. Actually, Tony, come on. The best Midwest football school in history, but not as great right now. Um, what am I missing? I have no idea. The best. Notre Dame, man, Notre Dame. Are they the best in history? Midwest, yeah. 
I don't know. I'll have to ask people at work tomorrow. Uh, okay, not important. Not important. Um, They're the most storied program, absolutely. If it wasn't for... Is is Rudy Notre Dame? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. If it wasn't for Rudy, it wouldn't be like that. Shout out to former league member, Joey Rubenstein. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you remembered him. Uh, LCQ, do you think Joey knows that Gavi is a father? Um, that is the Ellist CQ. Um, I'm just gonna say no. Gavi yeah, is like inclined to think not. Gavi is really reluctant to share anything with anybody. So, uh, and he's not really friends with Joey. So, I doubt it. Well, he famously hates Joey. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> for what it's worth, though, my soda was like uh from from a fountain, not not a vending machine. That's why I squeezed it too hard, and the soda came out on my sweatshirt. It was very disappointing. Oh, this is funny. It's sweatshirt weather in Nashville. Yeah, it's really nice. It's been like between fifty-five and sixty-five most days this week. Oh, that's interesting. It's been brisk here. It's 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 it's, it's been fall. Blustery. It's autumn. It's a, a tad too cold. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a... right when it turned out to cold. It's, it's sort of bizarre. Ah, uh, Joey, Joey, who the fuck are we kidding? Nobody cares about the wind. Or... Nobody cares about the weather. There's a lot of heat to get to. Let's get involved. I'm 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 too amped. We need okay. to do it. We okay, need to do fine. this, Joey. Fine, but I, I want a bit. I want a bit of the State of the Union. I want a bit of the State of the Union. I put this later on in the agenda, but I want to put it to the top of the episode because I think fuck the you. trickle effects of this really move down to everything else we're talking about. Let's do it. Considering we are a 10-person league in a 13-week season, has taking just gone too far? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you... Honestly, the tanking had gone too far right, yesterday. Right, the... the tanking had gone too far when we recorded yesterday. Like We shot on people for like quitting yesterday, and then today happened, and that's just ridiculous. Now, 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 now... Ezra is 5-1 and one and is making tanky trades. Everything is out of proportion, like ridiculously out of proportion. And if you thought I made fun of Ezra yesterday for making terrible trades, oh boy, does he have another one coming, because we are going to rip him three new assholes today for all his disastrous trades over the past two years. Alright, I'm, gl I'm glad for that segment. And yeah, it frankly doesn't make sense. I mean, we have... We don't know what Lieb is doing. We have no idea the extent to which Daniel's tanking. But Ezra's 5-1 to be doing any sort of tank whatsoever. And James Conner, like, we'll, we'll get into this later, but how great a keeper is he even going to be, you know? I don't think he's a good football player. Right. And last year might have just been lightning in a bottle, which we see happen in the NFL time and time again. It's, it's, it's sort of bizarre that this happened. It seems to me um, that... And that the, the, you're not going to get good keeper value when you're when you're trading for guys whose entire value is based off of opportunity. What do you mean? Like James Conner was not even like remotely in conversation of being in the same tier talent-wise as Le'Veon Bell. Then Le'Veon held out and all of a sudden, ooh, James Conner, James Conner. And, and he performed well, but like his entire fantasy yeah, production. That happens all the time. No, but like, no, what that's what I'm saying. Tomorrow. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, that like guys whose, whose rise comes strictly from um, uh, uh, opportunity and versus talent, like Kamara was a first round talent who, who fell out of the first round because of like off the field issues. And then he came in and just burst onto the scene. But like there was a combination of talent and opportunity with Connor. Like there, there, there was no pedigree. 
Yeah, but I don't think that pedigree matters, right? No, I think that's my... Zealand's undrafted. Tom Brady, number though, I don't know if you know this, Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the NFL draft. Joey, Joey, you're 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 mixing up two things. I'm not talking about heard. NFL. I'm saying for keeper value. Like I feel like the guys with pedigree. Yeah, but I we have no reason to think that James Conner wasn't good based on what he did last year. Based on what he did last year, it looked like that they didn't skip a beat. Um, losing Lee Bell. Yeah, I I just uh, I don't know. I was skeptical. Um, I, let's. I mean, but the the question is: so if if tanking has gone too far, do you think we need legislation? Um, off the top of my head, it would either be, I think the most basic things, I think the most basic thing off the top of my head would be to make it a one-keeper league instead of a two-keeper league. I, I am I'm opposed to all... Do you think we would need to take... No, I, I don't... I don't all I, change? I, I, I think there's no change necessary. I've, I've been saying for years that there isn't enough trading in this league and it's a keeper league and people should account for that. Finally, the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction. I think too far. I think we both think too far, but... Um, I think between this year and the past four years, I think there'll be a lot of information for people to base next year and years coming after. Um, and, and, and this is, this is all part of the process. You know, sometimes, uh, the league, you know, works, uh, where the, uh, innovation is in the run game and then, you know, it'll swing back to the passing game and, and these things, they ebb and flow. And, and I think it's good, you know, it's good to have a year where there's a ton of tanking because that means the next year there's not going to be, you know? I, hopefully that's the case, but I, we'll get to this later. But the fact is that right now the projected six seed according to Yahoo is five and eight, and the seventh seed is four and nine. And so far in football history, the worst six seed has been six and seven. And usually there's like two or three six and seven teams, and you usually need a point for tiebreaker for the six seed. Yeah, I mean, and that's a great transition uh, to to the trade between Yakov and Daniel from yesterday. Um, before that trade, Daniel and Jesse were basically projected to be exactly tied, according to Yahoo, at five and eight for the six and seven seeds. Jesse would have been slightly ahead in, in projected points, but like it, it was a wash between the two of them, basically. And Daniel really just you know threw in his chips for this year. He folded and, and moved on to next year, and and you know that 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 really makes it seem like there there is already another team that has called it quits on this year it seems more and more likely that the six teams that are in the playoffs now are going to stay in the playoffs yeah but even so it seems like if Ezra's already making tanking moves and Ezra's currently the second seed how interesting are the playoffs going to be they're not no matter what you guys do they're not i have the best team by far and they're not going to be interesting but at least um at least you know the race for uh the other spot in the finals could be but if Ezra's tanking you're absolutely right that it won't be the case but let's 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 uh talk about each trade individually let's start with Yakov and Daniel since that was the first one okay so um just to remind you guys remind any um listeners outside the demographic um Yakov traded away DJ Chark Austin Hooper Dave Montgomery and got back Le'Veon Bell and Greg Olson so I mentioned in the original podcast, what I think is nifty what Daniel did, because you are in a precarious spot this week. And I know that part of the reason why you got Zeke for Chubb was that um, Chubb is also on by this week. So you would have had Chubb, CMC, and who else? You have another stud on by, right? Godwin. Yeah, and Godwin. You would have had them all on by. You would have been in a really dangerous situation. Now at least you have Zeke going. Um, so Daniel knows that you're very vulnerable right now. It's something nifty that he did, 
even if you say that Austin Hooper is only marginally better than Greg Olson or their equivalent, Olson's on bye this week, much like CMC. And now Daniel has Austin Hooper starting for him instead of Chris Herndon. Um, and he brings the Kevin Barr up to 50-50 against you, which which is nifty, even though that's just sort of a throw-in for the overall trade. Yeah, at, at this point after today, I think the most interesting part of this trade is Ezra's analysis. And 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 I, I said in the Slack that I'm shocked uh, of how low Ezra is on Le'Veon Bell. And he was like, no, the difference between Le'Veon and Montgomery is pretty much the same as the difference between Hooper and Greg Olson. Now, let me share you a stat about David Montgomery. Joey, David Montgomery's career high in rushing yards is 67. Career high? He, how many games has he five. played? He's played five games and he hasn't broken 70 yards. And Ezra's saying that he's close, even comparable to Le'Veon Bell, which just is beyond... Well, what's Le'Veon Bell's season high for rushing? Comical, absolutely comical. His season high is 68. But like Le'Veon Bell has seasons upon seasons of being a top five fantasy player for us to fall back on. David Montgomery is in a failing offense with a, you know, a, a bad game script most games. How uh, in, in what earth is David Montgomery even comparable to Le'Veon Bell? Like Honestly, I think David Montgomery uh, is waiver fodder. And, and to compare him to Le'Veon Bell, who some are saying is a top five fantasy player for, for the rest of the season, th that just blows my mind. Well, he may be waiver uh, fodder, or he may be the keeper for next year. And the same thing. D DJ Chark is definitely a good keeper option. Yeah. So I don't necessarily hate this trade so much. Um, I, I mean, it's hard to say with the Jets, since Donald was gone, and we don't have any real sample of what their offense is. Um, so it's hard to say what Le'Veon Bell's value is. Like, It's honestly just as hard right now as it was preseason, because he's basically only had the preseason, just a randomly high number of snaps, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is an unreasonable trade for either party. I'm just surprised by Ezra's analysis. Um, right, but speaking of unreasonable trades, yeah. well, let's get to let's let's get to the father of the hour, um, Gabe, and let's first talk about wait our shout out, Father Gabe. Shout out, Farmer Abe. Shout uh, you at that yourself. No, sir. We had a whole practice round yesterday, but let's let's shout at all the people who were just like, Tony, the demographic doesn't know. I was thinking about this on my walk home from work. The demographic doesn't know about shout at. I mean, they didn't know about it when we started it. They just, whatever, it's not important. We're shouting at people right now because a bunch of you made like really reprehensible trade decisions today and we're about to go after you. So brace yourself, buckle up. I mean, are we not talking about our role as the third estate? Oh, we most certainly are. And 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 that is going to be the lens through which we we view this insane day in trades. This is this is I mean, this is an auspicious day in our league history. Probably um certainly the I think this is you know a top two day in Kumfuffle history, along with the founding. Uh or I guess top three with the founding and the move to Slack. Um just because of how much went on, how crazy these trades are. I mean, that's this is a, insane. That's that's a wild call. What about the decision to have keepers in the first place? Uh, there's a... What? That's an off-season pod. We'll save it. Uh, we, had a, we, had, we had a league member die. You know, like, there have been... <laughs> there have been some crazy things that have happened in this league. And this is a, a podcast. What about and, the time when I sent you a text? Hey, do you want to have, like, a, a quick... 10 minute podcast about the league and maybe we could do like five, 10 minutes every, every, every couple of weeks. What about that? <laughs> As a moment in our league's history, Tony. Joey, 
We have become the ultimate arbiter in Kumfuffle. Fuck off, Jason. The Kumfuffle podcast. We're bringing that all the way up now? Oh, we're bringing it up now because today, while the Lieb and Gavi discussions were happening, while the Cardin and Gavi conversations were happening, while the Yaakov things were happening, everyone was coming to us. Right. Um, which which really cements our role as a sort of Adam Schefter, Jeff Passan, Adrian Wojnarowski of when teams sort of want to make a trade happen, but there's just too much tension from the big personalities of the GMs. It's good to just leak a little bit to the media and have them report, oh, Devontae Freeman's on the trade block. He's looking for, you know, a second and fourth rounder for the 2020 draft. You know, that really helps grease the wheel a little bit and get some transactions moving. And that's certainly what our role was today. Yeah. At 12-11, you and I got a, a, a group message from Lieb complaining about Gavi's, um, Gavi's trade uh, trade strategy his bargaining i'm just gonna read this like like you know why not got uh, uncle mark says to us content gavi trade talks are so intense and his valuations of players is off as in he bargains hard and aggressively that's at 12 11 at 12 13 we get a message from gavi me joey and gavi shout out to lieb who just turned down andrews plus carson for connor plus more because quote andrews has too much keeper value he won't give up even though it's a two keeper league and he would have connor and chubb for nothing you guys should know better than to tell us what's happening but the fact that you well, each no, message no, no. us they text both of us Lieb even said content idea gavi's crazy with traits they want it on the pot Oh, I know. I know. But the fact that it happened within two minutes, it was it's shocking. Wild. Like, I thought it's that never happened before like this. I, I genuinely thought that that was all one chat. I, I was so confused. I was like in the middle of like a really busy moment at work. Um, and I, I just like did not understand what was happening. It was tremendous. Like, I'm flattered. I think you we both are. Yeah, I mean, I'm flattered and I, I'm glad that our role in the league is so prominent. Uh, which brings us to our talking point. Who is more powerful in the league? Us, the media, or our fearless commissioner, Jason? I think push at us. <laughs> like... Yeah, I think push at us because we are a very democratic league when it comes to rules. Like, we like to have votes, we like to have decisions, we like to have league meetings. Um, generally, Jason doesn't make so many executive decisions. And if he does, he normally talks about it with the league first. And right. there are very yeah, few have... decisions to be made. You and I... No, there are decisions to be made. They're, they're oh, gonna, but like, they're... think about it. Like, you and I dictate the narrative of the league at least once a week. Not to mention our role in the Slack. Not to mention the fact that as the two best managers in the league, we dictate the league as well. Between our dominance in fantasy football and our dominance in setting the narrative, we have to be number one. Well, I don't know, because if, if we're saying about the Slack, I mean... Ezra is the darling of the league. It, Ezra's you know, absolutely, Ezra's an influencer. I mean, Ezra's the most popular, you know? Ezra's beloved by 10 members of the league. Every every action he does. Look, yeah. Joey, there, there can be lots of people who are darlings of the league, but I sent you a text this afternoon comparing myself to Mu Muammar Gaddafi. I am yeah, a tyrant. Tyrants. <laughs> I am know. a tyrant, and I don't need all this all this uh, love that Ezra gets or all this respect that Jason has to dominate, okay? And the same goes for you. As much as you want to call me a tyrant, you're the, much the same. All right, but uh, moving on to the content, um, we have, of the seven people in the league that are not us and Gavi, five of them came to us today or we saw the trade results 
um, via the Yahoo app of what Gothi was offering. So let's just go one by one, starting with probably the most ridiculous. Gothi offered Cardin, our fearless commissioner, though he is a figurehead, Larry Fitzgerald and Devonta Freeman for Tyreek. And Tyreek's like a $20, $25 keeper next year. Keep that in mind. Um, nice, nice keeper uh, wordplay. This is an upsetting trade. You know, Jason is a bad manager right now. Uh, he, he, he's got Saquon glasses ruining his judgment. But he's generally speaking, especially when it's not about the Giants, he has good fantasy judgment. This is an insulting trade offer. This is just a low ball of low balls. Right. I mean, those are two guys that you might start based on the matchup for a stud that has great keeper value for a top five receiver, probably. Let me ask you this, Joey. Who do you value uh, higher rest of season, Devontae Freeman or Ito Smith? This is for real. Genu- genuine question. And Devontae Freeman, just because there's no reason. Uh, he's had a good few weeks recently. There's no reason to think that he'll lose the role. Absolutely. But the fact that it's a reasonable question, even if the answer is pretty straightforward, I mean, come on. Come on, Gavi. Do you know who I traded for Larry Fitzgerald last year? Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Yeah, but that was, he had a much different quarterback. It was a different offense. I mean, a lot of factors have changed since then. So yeah. I mean, it's not disingenuous, though, because like the difference in quarterback plus Devontae Freeman doesn't even come close to Tyreek Hill. Like, Fitz and Freeman, for me, that should net you a fourth-round player or a fifth-round player even because Freeman Freeman is not that right now. We all know Larry Fitzgerald is not going to keep this up over the course of the year because he's going to slow down. I mean, I mean this, is, this is just ridiculous. Tyreek came back from injury, and we were like, oh, well, you know, maybe he'll be slow. No, 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 no. He was immediately the top wide receiver in the league from oh the start. Goodness. Do you know how many wide receiver points from a matchup versus Jason last week? Because the answer is a shit ton. Yeah, uh, th- th- this is crazy. So, 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 in, in out of one corner of his mouth, Gavi is lowballing our esteemed commissioner. Maybe because uh, Cardin took the commissionership from Gavi. Uh, on on the next page, we've got Yakov. And wait, wait, I, I'm I'm not. Is is Gavi offering these? Help me out here. Yakov. Gothi was offering James Conner and Keenan Allen for DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Right, 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 right. Which and is also a low ball, considering that Nuke is probably a top five keeper, period, in the league, no matter how right, you value he's Connor. underperformed this year to date, and it's unlike, it, it is probable that he will not meet his preseason expectations. But if you want to talk about not meeting preseason expectations on one hand, he has Dalvin Cook on the other hand, who would be a top three pick if we were doing a redraft. Top two, probably? And if we were in a snake draft, like a bunch of babies. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's, it's just wild. Like, Dalvin Cook looks like... And not only that, Dalvin Cook Gavi, looks like, like the best Gavi runner. Gavi was heated today. Yeah. Yeah. Gavi was heated today. Gavi came, Gavi came at us saying that Yaka was being unreasonable because he values DeAndre Hopkins the same way that he valued him preseason. But if you're going to downgrade DeAndre Hopkins for what he's done this season, and Keenan Allen had a few good weeks, but recently he's been met and the Chargers really look like a mess. Uh, like their offensive line's in shambles and their running back's a disaster. And they just got crushed by the woeful Pittsburgh Steelers. And did you see that thing about the Renegade? Uh, no. So you know how the Steelers, whenever they have like a third down or a big stop, 
top they play running game by six. Sure. Well, you should at least pretend you know what it is for you know to be a good podcast host. So, I said sure. Um, in LA, you gotta say yeah. Who doesn't know that? It's you know it's one of the most hallowed traditions in all professional football. So, um, in Los Angeles or San Diego, some people may call it for the Chargers game this week. They were going to give you up by Rick Astley for a for a Rick roll. Nice, but the crowd was so overwhelmingly Steelers fans that when they started to play Renegade, the fans were all just singing it, and they're singing it so loud that the Rick roll never happened. <laughs> nice. So that's what Keenan Allen is dealing with, and that, that, that's why we think that. And they got crushed. They got crushed by a third string quarterback, undrafted out of. Samford, not Stanford, Samford University, right? I mean, Keenan Allen, Joey. he's got a lot of question marks going forward. And and and, and if Keenan yes. Allen has question marks, we already documented that. Honestly, I think James Conner has lost more value than Nuke that uh, since the start of the season. Uh, right, precisely. And, and Nuke was better. Nuke was better. And Dalvin Cook right now is playing like the best player in this trade. I mean, Gavi, th- this doesn't look good for you. This does not look good for you. No, and Gavi came at us. Gavi came at us heated that Yako is unwilling to, that he's set in the preseason mindset. And he we, offered him another trade. Um, this this reporting is by way of Jason, by the way. Um, I, I love it. I love it. So, yeah, I got to set my sources via The Athletic. So, um, he also offered the trade of Keenan Allen and some scraps. I, I didn't really ask what the scraps were for DeAndre Hopkins and Derek Henry this time. I know you're down on Derrick Henry, but he's certainly rosterable. And okay. I don't know if I don't, I don't really know if Keenan Allen's that much better than DeAndre Hopkins. So. Joey, Joey, if I was the nuke owner right now under the current keeper rules and keeper situations, and someone's offered me Keenan Allen and um let's say Granted, the scraps the scraps might be solid. We don't know what the scraps are. Okay, well let's 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 let I'm gonna put together a, a trade. Nuke for Keenan Allen and Devonta Freeman, I say no as the new owner. Nuke for Keenan Allen and Derrick Henry, I say no as the new owner. Okay, like, like, really, like, Gavi's Gavi. If this, if we're talking keepers, and that's that's Nuke's immediate value beyond the fact that obviously he's going to be a top five receiver on the year just because he he is that and he's playing in an explosive offense. Like, <laughs> I mean. I just his 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 uh valuation of nuke is crazy. Let's let's move on to to leave because I think we've done the the Yakov trades in. So, All right, shout out to Leib, shout out to keeps Leib. So on the other side of the pendulum, though, I think Leib is equally ridiculous as, as Gavi because I think that the trade that Gavi offered Leib was pretty honest. Cooper Cup and James Connor for Mark Andrews and Chris Carson. I would have done that if I were Leib. Yeah, and that's a decent trade, especially because. I mean, they were both kept all year, so Cooper Cup's keeper value won't be so great next year. Um, apparently, Lee was saying that he wants Mark Andrews for the keeper value. I'm not really sure what keeper value there is there. I mean, hopefully, as a Ravens fan, I mean, hopefully. Um, but, like, he... who would you keep, Cooper Cup or Mark Andrews? Get out of here. Like, he's already got uh, Chubb, so, like, what does he need a third keeper for? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have options because you never know what will happen. You never know. Maybe Kareem Hunt really will take over the role. You know, there are a lot of variables. Yeah. That's 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 what it comes down to the keepers, especially keepers when you're one at five. 
Quine. Um, but um, so the, the, the original trade offer was Cooper Cup and James Conner for Mark Andrews and Chris Carson, which honestly is, you know, it's, it's a fine deal. I agree. Um, but according to our reporting, like our sources all, say that Lee was asking all the for trades Allen or Adam Thielen on top of Cooper Cup and James Conner. Which is just unreasonable. Like, I, I genuinely don't know what, who, like, I guess it's, according to our sources, it's Mark Andrews that was holding this up, and I, I just don't get that. Um, and, right, and, and considering all the just insanity that happened today, I am shocked that the, the most reasonable trade by our estimation was the one that was, is one of the ones that uh, didn't make it through. And then Newman, Newman accepts Larry. Wait, wait, wait. But I want to talk about, I want to talk about the relationship between Gaffey and Lee right now, as okay. it relates to Newman, because Ezra predicted that the first feud of the season would be Yaakov and Daniel? Yaakov and... Yaakov and Jesse? Yeah. Maybe Yaakov and Jesse. Um, some nerd. And... <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that our first feud is Gavi and Lee, which I, I'm pretty surprised by, based on... I mean, I don't think that Gavi is such a conflict-seeking personality. And you know, leaps engaged. So I don't know. No. Um, and for what it's worth, I I, I do have some uh, reporting of my own, uh, a private message just between me and Gabe, where he said, "I agree. This is all this is all wild. At least this is fun and hashtag good for content." So I think I think Gabe is pretty aware of this beef, and and this might peak at poultry, but I'm here for it. You know, like this is our this is this is good for the league. Yeah, I'm not happy till we see some blood, but you know. Uh, we'll get there incrementally. Got, yeah. Right. But now yeah. let's get to, we talked about the trades that didn't occur. Let's get to the trades that actually happened. Uh, let's start with Newman. Yeah, it, it, there's one segment that, that we're not going to do, uh, that we did yesterday that we're not going to do. Um, that was, I, I was going back through the transactions from last year to see if uh, they would teach us anything about this year. But one of the, one of the takeaways was that Ezra Newman made, made two really 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 bad keeper trades in hindsight last year you know his Tariq Cohen for Cooper Cup which he had an opportunity to think better of and still did it definitely right, but we also we railed on Gavi for keeping Cooper Cup I mean it's turned out to be a good keeper I know but nonetheless Arcadio, but we still railed on Gavi for keeping Cooper Cup this year nonetheless it 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 it, it has turned out quite poorly and then obviously when he traded away um, DeAndre Hopkins to Yaakov for essentially Marlon Mackin scraps, you know, that just turned out terribly. And I think Yaakov is, is uh, valuing DeAndre Hopkins properly where Ezra couldn't. But now Ezra seems to be the guy, and I, and I wish I could cite my sources, I don't have slack up. E Ezra's the guy to go to if you want to discount top wide receiver. I mean, James Conner, James Conner and Larry Fitzgerald for Michael Thomas, I mean, it makes no sense. And Michael Thomas's value is only going to improve when he gets Drew Brees back. And, and he's, he's basically the wide receiver one right now. Teddy. Isn't right, he the wide I, receiver I, one on the season? Um, when it's still, it's probably still uh, Godwin, I would guess, but I don't know. I'm not looking at it. I mean, but I agree because Larry Fitzgerald and James Conner, there, there's no reason to be so optimistic for either of them as the season goes on. I mean, especially as the Cardinals are going to start turning to young guys more and more to see what they have in Christian Kirk, to see what they have in Keyshawn Johnson. And the Steelers, I mean, they're going through a quarterback a day. Like, it's something that you go through daily. Like, if you're, if you're, if you're Ezra and you think to yourself, 
I don't trust Michael Thomas for the rest of the season. He's been outperforming what I expected of him without his quarterback. And I don't trust Drew Brees to come back at 100%. This is a serious injury. I get it. But you have to at least ask for Thielen instead of Larry Fitzgerald. They're both. I mean, come on. Yeah, I agree. You, you got to negotiate, especially because Gabe was clearly gearing up for some negotiations today. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, irony is from Sarah and Gabe, I'm getting these pictures of Gabe being so sweet, cuddling his baby. Yeah, he's taking out all his anger that he's like refused to to um, uh, have in his house out on this league with his crazy offers, even on his own family. I mean, maybe there's some sort of collusion here. I don't, I don't want to use the C word, but a Dean, Zach Ertz for DJ Moore and don't call him James. Oh my God! So I have some, I have some exclusive reporting. Good, because otherwise this is a bad trade. And as much as I'm behind Maryland, we're, we're all behind Maryland. Raise up the black and gold. That's well, not enough value. Adid's all behind, you know, most of the female population of the planet. Apparently not, though. So, <laughs> um, so Adin, I, I frankly, he's he's been scoring sub 80 sub 70 and that's just no good it, it's just no good to be scoring below 70 and 80 so i honestly i don't mind what Adine did right because the aggregate he's probably going to be starting both these guys every week just based on his roster construction and yeah dj Moore's situation is a little bit dicey because who knows kyle allen who knows cam newton who knows either of them are good who knows what's going on in carolina but they're the division leaders and Christian McCaffrey's due for injury. So they're going to have to explore, you know, the other offensive options. So I get the optimism for him. And, but like, you know, surely the Patriots, the Patriots don't have so many other options either. So James is going to be getting his targets because Josh Gordon's sort of been a bag of dicks, Philip Dorsett, whatever. Yeah. But like, if, 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 if you didn't know about this trade and I said to you, um, well, well, here's wait, the other part of it. Wait, 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 you're the last place team. You have Zach Ertz. He's not a keeper, so this isn't a keeper trade. Or, or, or that's not a keeper on your end. And I offer you DJ Moore, who's like a half-decent keeper, and Devonta Freeman. That seems fair to me. And with all the Devonta Freeman offers going around, you'd think Adin could at least have like gotten a, a real starter instead of James White, for God's sake. Yeah, that's possible. Like, but... Adin, how, how many times did you counteroffer? If the answer is less than two, I, I, I'm skeptical. But a Dean, which, ah, one second, one second here. So a Dean told me that he doesn't, th this is, this is the, the monkey wrench and all of it. He honestly could have asked for more. Who knows if he did ask for more? Who knows what's what? But he told me straight up, he does not think that Zach Ertz is good at football. He well, said, that, that is a hot take. Right. Uh, uh, it, especially after. by the fact that um, Zach Ertz has one touchdown on the year and one fumble loss. So that's only four points gained in the touchdown turnover differential. Well, and one, his one thing. Highs so far this year is 14.2. And it's said straight up if you started James and uh, if you started, where are we? If you started James and DJ Moore last week, he would have scored 15 marginal points as opposed to what he did score this week. So he, he just needs points wherever he can get them, and he doesn't think that Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is going to deliver. He doesn't think that Zach Ertz is in that elite class. So that's that's the reason why he ejected him. But granted, yeah, he should have tried to get Devonta Freeman. Or if he did try, he should have tried a little bit harder. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, that is a wild take that Zacherts is not good at football. Uh, especially one of the segments that um, that we did yesterday, and we're going to push to next week. Joey and I compared my team this year to his team in 2017, the two best teams in football history, to see which was best. And that was the year that Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz combined to just you know I- explode the league. And uh, a new a hole is the term. Exactly, and Zach Ertz was insanely, insanely good. Uh, that kind of production doesn't come out of nowhere and disappear. So. Look, I I, I I get it if a Dean Sanford, not Samford, like Delvin Hodges. Yeah. I mean that's it's just like a tough trade. And so at the end of all this insane trading, we have we have a wildly different podcast today than we did yesterday. And also, I think, you know, still not in the same tier as my team, but Gabe has definitely cemented himself in a tier unto himself. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely ahead of he's definitely ahead of me. And now Ezra has put himself notably behind me. So I think that the top four teams have sort of become tiers. Um, then again, that depends where you put Jesse. Yeah, I mean, this is just really... I like it. I I, I, I like it, and I don't have fully developed takes. You know, it, it usually takes me a Sunday of watching the scores to really get a sense for things when there are big shakeups, whether it's a fab thing or a trade. So th- there'll be a lot to watch this Sunday, to say the least. Um. And before we get to the next segment, I just want to get to a quick gripe about Yahoo. I know Dean hates the Yahoo app. I have a gripe about it. I'm listening. Though with one eyebrow raised, as this is a visual podcast. The intro designations in Yahoo are aggravating, right? Um, So take, for example, my Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams, two weeks ago, was out. Last week is on by. This week, he is doubtful, not out, which is frustrating. But the middle week, I couldn't put him on IR because he was questionable, even though he's dealing with the same injury. So he would clearly would have been out last week. And uh, that just messed with all my roster flexibility. So, That's an NFL thing. I know it's an NFL thing, but yeah, it's still also a Yahoo thing. No, so it's, it's not. It's not unique it's, Yahoo. I know it's not unique Yahoo. Fine. It's just a frustrating thing about Alma. Is that what you want to hear? Is that what you want to hear, Tommy? Fucking yeah, tear. the people deserve the truth, Joey. Okay. So let's talk about, uh, we've really hit hard on some of the Adlers, but there's one Adler and just one Adler. Two Adlers. No, there's one Adler. You know what, she... Joey, 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 screw this. Before, before we get to your email correspondence, I think we have to ask the question so that, so that everything is properly, properly contextualized for the listeners, because unfortunately they weren't there yesterday. League. Unfortunately not. They can listen to the underwater um, audio. Uh, I deleted it. I deleted it. It was you, embarrassing. You. Um, dear League, who has a higher approval rating? Ema Adler or Jerry Adler? I think Jerry Adler. Joey said some very unkind words about a one-week-old baby and said Ema Adler. I didn't say that she's unproven. Sure, she has raw talent. You know, she uh, Gabby's a swell guy. Sarah is a great gal, so I, I'm sure she has four fingers on each hand, as we'll get to later. Um, I'm sure that she has the potential to accomplish great things. However, what has she done? And I, yesterday, I compare this to buying a jersey, right? I, if I'm going to get apparel, I'm going to get like, my only two pieces of Orioles apparel are Cal Ripken Jr. and Adam Jones. Guys who have been there, done that. Last year, the Orioles had the number one overall pick. They picked catcher Adley Rutschman. Hopefully you should Adley get Rutschman his minor league jersey. 
as you said yesterday. I sincerely hope that Ali Rushman develops into a Hall of Famer and becomes the best Orioles since Kyle Rickin Jr., even eclipsing Kyle Rickin Jr. However, until he steps on the field, um, I'm just I'm not going to do that. In fact, even staying on this Orioles track, since I know that everyone in this league wants to talk about baseball as much as possible, basketball as little as possible, I remember um, I watched Matt Wieters when he hit his first home run, and when he was around the bases, Gary Thorne was like, oh, wow, look at that, um, start of a great career. And Jim Palmer said, okay, but call me when he hits 499 more. So that's what I have to say to Jerry Adler. Yeah, you were born. Good for you. Tell me when you hit 499 more. Yeah. I Yesterday, I was more receptive to your anti-Jerryness. But today, and I quote, referring to Jerry Adler, newborn baby, fuck no, she can't do shit. <laughs> she can't she she can't even see shapes yes I, I i don't deny it she is not literate she cannot do shapes she probably doesn't know gabe from sarah yet but she doesn't know me from gabe if you and i are to just take her and raise joey, her joey it has gone beyond what you can and cannot do and now it has gotten to the point of hatred on your part Okay, I don't want to get that out of the way. I'm a little heated right now. What do you say you and I take a break? Sounds good. Here's our transition burp. This week's kiddish, I mean, this week's podcast, is brought to you by Jerry Adler. Jerry Adler is an American theater director and producer and television and film actor. He is perhaps best known for his work as Herman Hesh Rabkin on The Sopranos and as Howard Lyman on The Good Wife. Adler was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. The son of Pauline and Philip Adler, who was a general manager of the group theater, his great uncle was a Yiddish theater actor, Jacob Pavlovich Adler, whose children, Stella and Luther Adler, were his cousins. He was raised in an observant Jewish household. Adler began his theater career as a stage manager in 19- All right, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> I definitely let, let it go Jerry longer. Adler, that's a Jerry Adler who's actually done something, okay? <laughs> I let it go longer today because it was funny the second time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now I have a rehearsal. So shout those, out to Jerry Adler. For all those man. scoring at home, that's that's a guy named Jerry Adler, who's also <laughs> Jerry Adler. Um, yeah, so so while Joey was looking up uh, people named Jerry Adler on Wikipedia, he was also having a, a very interesting email correspondence with Ooh, Ema slash with Ema slash Bubby Adler. Right. In fact. Not only was I having that conversation with Ema slash Bubby Adler, I even I emailed B- Ema Adler, CC Bubby Adler. So um, the, emails, the emails get a bit lengthy, so I'm going to read the first two in full and then sort of give you snippets of the others, uh, particularly the parts that relate to our league. The first email. Dear Beth, after that loss to the Patriots, a grandchild is just what the doctor ordered. Not an expression, merely a chronological reality. I'm glad to hear the baby has four fingers on each hand, in addition to thumbs, of course, living up to her reputation as a fork. Here's hoping she continues in the tradition of the most glamorous silverware with stainless diapers and a steely resolve to boot. Now that that's out of the way, are there any running backs and wide receivers on waivers you feel it is worth picking up as a long-term stash? It has been clearly demonstrated that a strong keeper is the key to a strong season, and I need to get ahead of the curve if possible. Sincerely, Joseph A. Elif, Confuffle Podcast co-host. P.S. Feel free to rate us five stars on iTunes. And of course, that advice goes to all of you, whether you're in the demographic or out of the demographic as well. 
Yeah, if you if you decide to uh, ask us any questions in your five star rating, uh, we'd be happy to address those in, in in the comments at the end of the uh, at the end of the podcast. So really nice email, Joey. Uh, I'm very excited to hear what Ema Adler uh, or Bubby Adler responded for the first time in my life. She responded as Ema. Nice, uh, dear dear Joey. So I emailed her for context. I emailed her on October 12th. She emailed me back on October 16th. Dear Joey, sorry for the delayed response. I flew home on Sunday and then getting ready for Chag took longer than expected. Thank you for the good wishes. Gafi and I watched the Giants-Patriots game together from the delivery room. We were so hopeful that the Giants would pull it out for the first half. We felt we deserved it. But of course, things got out of hand shortly thereafter. And watching in Boston, we were probably around about the only people disappointed. I had not made the connection between forks and fingers before. Thank goodness you were on top of it, and it worked out well for her. As for keepers, I must admit that I played in a few fantasy leagues over the years, but never a keeper league. They kind of stressed me out. But watching you all over the years, I do have a theory for picking up people mid-year with an eye to the future. As I do not know exactly who is available on waivers, I will just tell you my concept. I'm curious to hear what you think. As to wide receivers, I think the key is a good young quarterback who can grow with the receiver. Plus, if they are both young, chances are they will be together for a while, developing a synergy. And regardless of how good a receiver is, if he does not have a good quarterback to get him the ball, he cannot have great stats. See Larry Fitzgerald in his first few years for since then, as an aside to Tani, view Larry Fitzgerald last year or this year. Regarding running backs, that's a bit more complicated. If the quarterback is too good a passer, he might not have as much running opportunity, but he would have some catches. I think you need more of a middle-of-the-road quarterback and a better line and a running back to look toward a more balanced offense. What do you think? Good luck, Beth. So I'll just get to the fantasy part because I know all of you, especially Ezra, just want to hear our fantasy analysis. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll even add this bonus paragraph I didn't read yesterday. Okay. The fact that this is also continuing, so it's sort of in the middle, but whatever. The fact that you have to base your understanding on keepers on your sons troubles me. Don't get me wrong. All three have grown up to be bright and upstanding young men, but Kumfuffle is not their forte, at least not since the days of Matt Forte. Gavi routinely keeps players for above market value, such as Gronk last year, and Adin, for some boneheaded reason, never keeps his players. To put this in a broader context, the number of times all three of your sons have won in a given week is four. The number of times they have all lost is 15. I think you raised some good points about young quarterbacks and receivers developing a synergy. I was able to strike lightning in a bottle a couple years ago with Wentz and Ertz. However, in today's sports climate, where players are always sniffing around for the next option, a long-term marriage is hard to find. Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins does not have the staying power of Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison, in my opinion. Even for running backs, I think the key to keepers is finding a good offense, and the quarterback is obviously the key. In fantasy football, touches inside the 10-yard line are far more valuable than the other 90% of the field. As great as Barry Sanders was, he only has one career playoff victory to his credit, and this is more true today in this past happy NFL. No matter how good a running back is, if he gets more opportunity, no matter how good a running back is, he gets more opportunity if he has a passer that can, can consistently move the chains in second and third down. I'd sooner take LeGarrette Blunt's season with the Pats when he had 18 rushing touchdowns and under four yards to carry than a more talented runner in a worse system. Each touchdown run is worth the same as a 60-yard ca- rush or a 55-yard catch by Confofo rules. They are by far the most valuable commodity, and if you can find the guys 
with consistent opportunity near the goal line, you're in pretty good shape. Kim Fuffel is in a dire situation this year, as Tani has far and away the best roster and is still boasting an undefeated record. Right now, this is back then, it appears Gavi, Ezra Newman, and I had the best shot at taking him down, at least for one lucky week in the playoffs. Hopefully, with your guidance, we can each find that breakout star to bring the Kumfuffel Trophy back to the Eastern time zone where it belongs. And then um, I'll skip to her fantasy analysis. Uh, there's a lot about the Patriots sucking. I think you misunderstood my point about keepers and my sons. This is why she's the MVP. This is why Jerry can go suck it compared to the <laughs> Bobby Adler. I think you misunderstood my points about keepers and my sons. I did not mean I was learning from them. You're right. That would be fruitless, and I could even debate bright and upstanding if you wanted me to. <laughs> but that's just because they are in a keeper league. It made me think about what my strategy would be if I, um, if I were in one more than I otherwise would have. Their stats, re all winning and losing, is kind of funny, but seriously impressive that you could pull that out. You're right about players not staying around their first team since free agency like they used to. But that's why I specified young players, because then they are stuck for at least three years. And if they do develop a synergy, and certainly if they have success, they might even stay for one more contract. I think it's about all you can hope for. For running backs, I think the offensive line is more important than receivers. That's why you can downgrade the quarterback a little. And that's true, especially for goal line situations, which you rightly point out have far more valuable than midfield plays. But it just shows that situation and team slash coach around a player can overshadow differences between players. I have heard repeatedly that Tani is the class of the league this year. And as much as we all love Tani, and we certainly do, this is not a situation anyone wishes for. For the good of all, someone must take him down. <laughs> Happy to be the heel, even for Ema Adler. Well, she says she certainly loves you. The feelings are mutual. And uh, I'm going to just bring up something that I brought to her attention about her sons. And this is an interesting compliment to my stats. I gave her another interesting stat about Joey, the you've been, you You've been talking for a long time. At some point, you're going to have to toss it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something you, you could uh, contribute in. Because I want to get everyone's take on this. Adine averages 112 points against Gavi and only 100 points against Yaakov. A very significant and with a, with a large enough sample size that's meaningful that he averages 12 points more against his older brother than the middle brother. Joe, Gavi, this, is, this is less interesting than you think it is, but so, so hurry up. <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> the people love stats. Gavi averages 128 against the Dean and 94 against Yaakov. A 34-point swing. You're saying this not interesting, Tani? I think we all know that Yaakov is good at lulling people into a, a fake sense of security. That's how he got nuke from Ezra last year. And Yaakov himself averages 103.53 against Adin and 103.30 against Adin. A 0 0.23 difference. Effectively the same. So uh, fine. Uh, what's your take? If you'll just humor me, why do the Adlers try... Why did Gavin and Adin turn up the heat against each other and let Yaakov just waltz into 100-point games when uh, the league average is 116, the league average for a victory is 130, and he just gets to waltz in, score 100 points, and win when they turn up the heat against each other. Well, what's your take? Look, dude, Yaakov is Uncle David. Yeah, Yaakov's Uncle David. And when you're Uncle David, you know, things are chill. And Yaakov doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. And uh, and, and Gavi and Adin know that. And uh, they mistake 
his his uh, even keeled manner for complacency, uh, which is why they lose so many points against Yaakov. Um, Yaakov, on the other hand, is cool as a cucumber, so he's consistent. And oh. uh, yeah, I mean, and he knows that his brothers are going to be bitches about it. So 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 he he knows what he needs to put up, and he, and he goes and collects them dubs and moves on to the next week. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot the best part of the latest email. I, this is how I opened it. I said, I'm confident you and Jerry will have a wonderful relationship in the years to come. And if not, this, this is, I, I think, a pretty sly way of slipping a teen, a play a dean to his mother. I said, if not, I've heard a dean is planning on having 50, 60 kids of his own, so you'll have no shortage of grandchildren running around. And then a dean texted today, me today. Today's uh, not the day. Today's not the day to be talking about play a dean. And then, and then a dean texted me that, his mom said that she's expecting 30, 40 grandchildren from him. <laughs> I feel so like, I guess she knows. I guess she knows about Pleiadine. I started to feel like she's the only one who's willing to go with our bits. <laughs> I, I think definitely is too. And Gavi is feeding the content monster. Uh, Yaakov is scoring 100 points here and there. So, I mean, everyone's contributing in their own way, except for Jerry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, so 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 we're we're almost at an hour, and there are a couple more things that I want to get to, um, but I I, I want to move on from the others for a second and, and um, turn back to the the fallout from today's and yesterday's trades, um, because for all the the success that we expect Gavi to have um, because of these trades, I think Jesse's the biggest winner. Interesting. Go on. He's saying that he's secured a playoff spot. Not Keel. only, not only, like he has the third most points in the league and the ninth. Uh, yeah, and, but he also had that like 180 point week. You know, I don't like points for I, especially this early in the season. I do. It's more. I do. Weekly median. I think it's far more valuable. I, I do because like most players are going to have highs and lows, and I think that your average really does reflect reflect um your your fantasy ability um more than. Um, more than your median or average. But the, po- but the point I'm making is, yes, he has a very good team. We've been kind of entertaining him as a dark horse this whole year. And the biggest problem for him right now was just the fact that he started out two and four. Um, and between the trades and the fact that he has, a just like you, a cakewalk of a schedule. I mean, I guess a lot of people have cakewalk schedules this year now because uh, the league is kind of stratified. But you know, he isn't playing. Uh, he, he only has two games. Uh, from now until the end of the week against um, you know the top teams. He plays you next week, and he plays Gavi in week 11. And I guess he plays Yaakov in week 12, but Yaakov's like on his level. So I, I really think that Jesse uh, is the biggest winner because by staying pat, you know, he just, that, that's, a, that's a rising ties raises all non-tanking boats situation. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, and yeah, the fact that Jesse is a dark horse makes the getting the bye week that much more valuable. So that Gavi is able to bolster his team and become the favorite, even though Ezra and I are up a game on him. Um, then that means that the three seed or four seed would have to play Jesse in the first round, and that could be an early round exit, especially for Ezra. Yeah, and 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 one thing that I I do think we should note is that this makes Jesse. A prime candidate to make a big trade, I think, uh, to 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 splash, to um, to make a splash in the in the keeper trade zone, perhaps uh, giving up Evan Ingram. I don't know, Aaron Jones, whatever it is. Um, now that he 
can feel comfortable in his chances of making the playoffs, I think um, he might be willing to um, uh, take a bigger risk uh, on on some upside to uh, to increase his chances of making waves in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, all uh, trades are always fun. Yeah, so, and I just, well, trades are not always fun. I'm sorry I said that. Uh, trades are rarely fun in this league. They're usually just stressful for both the people making the trades and for the commissioner. And it's good for the content bus, but no, it's definitely stressful. Uh, not all trades yeah. are trades. Uh, I don't know. I'm, all I'm, trades I'm, are content. All trades are content. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so, um, you know. This, the, the, what's frustrating is that the, the trades today, um, you know, they're going to really have their impact across the season, but we still have a big week coming up um, with obviously the marquee matchup being you versus Ezra. Well, uh, well, wait, well, well, first, first, let's, let, let me ask you, a, let's, let me ask you a question, if I may. Yeah. What would you think? Well, we had talked about how good teams are. So anyway, how the preseason has um, led into the, the season, how we've been adjusting expectations. What would oh. you think of a team that had this roster to start the year? Sorry, I I, I skipped this. My fault. Um, I would probably think it's going to make the playoffs. <laughs> really, oh, wait, not wait. hearing a single player because we're a visual <laughs> podcast. Just looking at it. Oh no! I just. Oh, wait. Were we supposed to pretend that we didn't do this yesterday, <laughs> Joey? <laughs> what What would you What would you say if I drafted Jared Goff? Juju Smith-Schuster, Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Joe Mixon, Derek Henry, Will Disley, Emmanuel Sanders, the Chargers defense, and Greg Zerline at kicker. What would you say if I drafted that at the beginning of the season? I would certainly say that that all sort of adds up to your mom, but I, I certainly think that's a playoff team, a team that will score like 120, 130 a week. Oh, I really thought you were going to go with, I'm pretty sure that would tell me you're a goddamn tyrant. Stop taking my stuff. <laughs> yeah, you definitely took it, but I did read a lot of female Hathers. Yeah, so. you did. But this, so you know, this is one of the lost segments from last week. Joey did a really fun thing here. He he compiled um, some of the worst players that uh, we started. Just the the players who performed the lowest at each position. Uh, called it the suboptimal lineup, uh, and we're gonna have to keep it for the rest of the year. Joey, this is really good. Yeah. So last week was a little more interesting because a lot of people put zeros on the boards. And not including defense and kicker, the suboptimal lineup, meaning players that were started in Kumfuffle, they totaled to 0.7 points for the week. And if you took the worst kicker and worst defense, it went all the way up to 6.7 points for the week. And that's a roster of Kumfuffle starters. And this lineup, and again, that's Jared Goff, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Joe Mixon, um, Derek Henry, Will Disley, Emmanuel Sanders, Chargers defense, Greg Zerline. So it really sounds like a solid lineup. They totaled 17.5 points last week which is a Dean level so bad. Uh, no, that's significantly, significantly worse than a Dean. But that's like uh, a theoretical lineup that could have happened. That's the most amazing, because that's like a complete lineup, you know? You like yeah. take Juju as your first rounder, you get Mixon, you get Henry, no, 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 the next no, couple no, rounds, Joe, Joe, We're not children. All right, someone probably spent like 80 to 85% <laughs> of their, their auction budget on Jared Goff, Juju, Amari, Gordon, Mixon, and Henry, and then basically went $1 or $2 on the rest of his team, and that's perfectly reasonable. I agree. I'm with you 110%. 
I mean, this just illustrates to us that you know that we're really rolling dice here, and there's there's no there's no if ands or buts. At least when you're not my team, because I mean, my team. Well, is even really- your team, it looks like you're rolling dice when Yahoo projected you to start the season at four and nine, and now you're a real candidate to run the table. Yeah. So- I honestly, I honestly was surprised. Yesterday, we talked about how uh, I started the season with a four nine projection from Yahoo, and as of yesterday afternoon, I was up to twelve and one. I was sure that after these trades, I would fall to eleven and two. No, twelve and one. Yahoo believes in the magic of the Macho Man Tom Cabbage. Cabbage, nice. Um, you know. <laughs> And 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 one thing that I'll say, I I think I think we can skip most of the race to the bottom because we talked about it in the trades. But my magic number to make the playoffs right now is four. Uh, for those of us who are five and one or better, our effective magic number to make the playoffs is zero. This is just a wacky wacky season, and I like it. I think this is a unique season. I don't think we've ever had anything like this, and, and this is good. Yeah, sure. We thought that last year, Kofofo was really peaking. Everyone was getting involved. We had the podcast. Slack was active. We didn't think we'd be able to live up to the hype this year. And I Bar think that... yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. I agree. Um, one thing I do uh, want to address before before we hit the gossip. Um, well, right now... I have a marquee matchup versus Ezra, which it was looking like the winner would be the favorite in the driver's seat to get the two seed after Gabi's trades. And it looks like that would just be the favorite to get the three seed, which is far less exciting. Yeah, I mean, especially if uh, that would lead you to play uh, a hot Jesse team. We'll see. Um, right. And um, the other thing is, um, what do you think? Uh, the one person who's been pretty inactive in roster moves recently, Jason, is Jason back? Well, that was that was what I was going to ask. Um, Joey, right now, he's one in five. And people are making moves in the playoffs. But he's one game out of the playoffs. I know, I know. But l- let me ask you this. Well, really I, one and a half games, because it's going to be hard for him to catch up with the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, what would you offer Jason for Saquon right now? Best offer. So I actually asked Jason um, how openly he's going to listen to offers um, if the time will come, if like once he's really eliminated. He said he he wouldn't really do it for keeper value until he's actually mathematically eliminated. And I, I would... I, mean, I would offer pretty much what it takes, you know, with a couple super teams that are being formed before our eyes. I just have a good team. So I would definitely need to do, if I have any keepers whatsoever, I would give them away. If it turns out that Ronald Jones or Alexander Madison turn out to just become keepers magically in the next couple of weeks, right. I would definitely offer them for <laughs> now, a shot at the title. Now you're just speaking wishes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, just, I, I have a bench. I, I have my starters, and then I got my lottery tickets. I don't believe in the the bench of guys who are going to rotate in and out. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think honestly, I would consider doing Godwin and Lamar for uh, uh, for Saquon, but I imagine Jason probably wouldn't be so interested because of how how much he's against uh, keeping quarterbacks. I mean, you freaking didn't keep uh, Mahomes, so well, Mahomes yeah. Sucks. I, uh, the Broncos game just started. Uh, the Chiefs haven't gotten the ball yet, but uh, my home sucks. It's definitely a take. It's it, it's a take of some proportions. Um, Akeem Talib is hurt. That's really that, that's that's tough for our that's tough for our brand. Um, next week we're going to talk about Joey's luck stats. They're really exciting. Uh, disappointed that we can't get to them this week. And obviously the the all time matchup between uh, the Macho Man Tom Cabbage and uh, um, What's it, Rav Simeon? No, it's the other one. 
It's kosher by the Case Keenum. Kosher by the Case Keenum, the top ranked Kumfufu uh, team of all time. I think you'll be surprised uh, to see who we ended up uh, putting ahead. Um, but for now, Joey, um, you've been texting with someone who's really hot. Uh, we want to open with her? Uh, yeah, she's very hot. Okay, yeah, there's this girl, uh, for all of you, who, I, I, I don't know, because I'm more involved with this other girl. I don't think I'm ever going to actually end up trying to meet this other girl, even though she did ask me out. Tell us so, about all of it. Huh? Tell us about all of it. So I matched with her on Hinge, and like her uh, like her description said, like she's, uh, you can always find her like on a porch having a deep philosophical conversation. And then her description of how she identifies is spiritual comma Jewish. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to go 110 miles an hour straight at her. I'm going to say, what does it mean to be spiritual Jewish? And she has no idea what I am. She doesn't know that I spent a year and a half in yeshiva. She doesn't know what I know. You know, she also doesn't um, know that you're an enormous troll. She doesn't know that I'm an enormous troll. <laughs> equipped with an enormous mushroom so hey. hey um so i was just going full at her with uh what my judaism means to me uh we spent a very sizable decent chunk i i could show you guys if you're interested very um, sizable decent chunk like your mushroom shout like out next year's divisions um talking about helchot mikvah helchot nida uh we talked about if you uh, shout out next year's divisions <laughs> nice uh, you know how even men are supposed to go to the mikvah you know they kill a sheritz and they want to work in the in the base of Megdish, um which she didn't know she just thought that only women had to do and it was like an inherently sexist thing which which honestly i hear but um to move on she was just uh not ready for for me but i definitely piqued her interest and uh it, she's 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 good looking again if you guys want to look her up her name is Brittany fleck and, and i don't know what else to say she's good looking that, that's what attracts me to her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then the other girl, uh, I think is it's, it's a more realistic long-term option. But the risk is, I've told her about the podcast. She knows my name. It's not hard to put two and two together, and she could potentially listen. That's why I'm glad that we're talking about her buried an hour into the episode. <laughs> my fault. Um, Next week we can open. Uh, but but she seems lovely. Hopefully, I'll get to meet her this weekend. That's all I'll say. That's all. That's all I'll say. Wow, that is the weakest shit I've ever heard out of your mouth. <laughs> wow, Tony. If if you if you have to learn one thing about me, it's that I'm always going to do the politically correct option, even if it's not the most honest option. For those who are listening and watching at home, visual podcast, I am stunned, absolutely speechless. Um, <laughs> There's a guy at this show here who he's like not Jewish. He's expected he's expressed interest in converting, but like apparently Did he has learned the name of that like the the College Park version of this guy. No, I'm sorry, I forgot to text anybody. It was a busy day. Um, yeah, but apparently, like he wrote a book where he basically proclaims himself some sort of messiah. I'm very excited. Uh, someone I met through Shul said he'd uh, send me the link to his website. So, very excited to uh, check out the Messiah book. Oh, and he wrote a book about his theology and himself, basically. And I'm just impressed that you're going to Shul, man. Honestly, to you. Honestly, this is the real gossip. I'm way firmer in Nashville than I was in New York. Like way I firmer. Think I, I I don't know, Doc. I don't know, Doc. You've, you've done some things. Have I? 
yeah, yeah. You've been setting some timers. I've put on some film timers. That's not questionable. I said, I said, you set a timer on on a hot plate. You set a timer on a thing. Okay, I said, I set a timer. But I've been putting. <laughs> yes, I've been, yes. I've, wait, wait, wait. I've been putting on film pretty much every day here. I have a lulav. I shake lulav. I go to show every shabbos. Have you been have you been saying Shema in the toilet? Shema in the toilet. I don't know if that made it to recording last week. Last week I said Shema in the toilet. Uh, I forgot about <laughs> that. That's more blasphemous than the girl Avi and I worked with at JCC who had Shema tattooed on her back. Full Which is came what you said there. last week. Yeah, I know. Now that you've reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we're we're going to skip Steve and the creepy guy. Uh, it wasn't so great. Um, I'm hoping that by next week uh, we'll have more stories. Mike and I uh, were potentially going to check out uh, a rooftop bar in Midtown on Saturday. Mike and night. Ike is the candy. Mike and I, not Mike and Ike. I hope. I know, but Mike and Ike is candy. Yeah, and uh, and and for anybody who was confused, David Kravitz is a fascist, and we're not a fan. Shout at David Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bad thing for those of yeah. you who didn't listen to yesterday's episode. Nobody likes being yelled at. That's why we want you to shout at him because he's a bad person. Shout um, at R. Kelly as well. Tani, yeah. is it fair to say that we're a daily podcast? Certainly today and yesterday we are. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the sample size of the past two days, we are a daily podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome, demographic. You're welcome, those outside of demographic, all our listeners. Oh, speaking young and of old. Which- you're thing, small, unless they're super young, as in a week or two old. Um, Shout one, out them. One thing I did want to make sure that we got in from yesterday's episode that, that I almost left out. Hey, Joel, fuck you. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Joel, you're welcome on the podcast anytime. I sincerely hope we can get you on for a mini episode. Um, as, as many friends of the podcast, any of the podcasts alike, even Kravitz, um, I think the mini shows like we do with Avi are a good feature going forward. No, I agree. Um, it, I I have no I, I have no opposition to to all the things you just said. All but just in addition to them. Fuck you, Joel. Joel, you're lovely. Ariella, you're lovely as well. I'm sure if uh, when you two decide that the time's right for you to have children, that uh, you'll have a lovely child, as lovely as Jerry. However, the first couple of weeks she'll be as incompetent as Jerry. I'm not happy with you, Joey. But it's time. It's time Joel's to. Joel's good friends. <laughs> it's time. Oh, oh, but speaking of Joel, this girl, uh, when I, the, the the girl, she, she the, the the girl that I see a longer future with. Um, when I was looking her up, I was like just doing a little Facebook stalking. Every picture I was able to see is a picture of, like Jordan Robbins's uh, photo albums. So so that will be funny when the time comes. Nice. <laughs> That serves us well for our for for our group chat uh um picture. Uh, I, it's time it's time to get out of here. I want I want to get this out tonight. I want I want people to have a podcast. The trades need instant reaction. People when there are big trades in their favorite leagues, they want they want to hear people talking about them. You know, do you support? Do you you disagree? Uh, and so for Confuffle, we got you covered. We are the only daily podcast about the township of Kent Mill or fantasy football. Um, we are the Kupfuffle Podcast. For Joey Ellis, I'm Tony Levitt. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with us. Peace.
right. I'm glad we did that. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm so nervous. 